Welcome. We are Redeemed Church and we have a podcast. This is episode two and I'm Liz. Hey, and I'm Marty Schaefer. Good to see you. We are with the church on the move, literally. <laughs> we just bought a new building in Lakewood on the corner of Bridgeport and Gravelly. It's at the People's Plaza, if you don't know. And last week, if you tuned in to episode one, which is our kickoff for this podcast for 2022, we were in a storage closet. We have come on, we've come up we are in an upstairs room that we are designating for the studio and we've done a little bit of work to it as you can see we've got the mood lighting with our friend swiss cheese plant made its uh <laughs> second appearance but shout out to brian dill he has done so much work in this room he insulated it for us he painted it black brought in some carpets that we had put together this table i mean it's he's just go done brian so thanks work this last week. So yes. thank you. And um, we're just blessed to have this space. So um, today, Kurt, Pastor Kurt, he is uh, busy doing other church things. And so um, we are here um, with Dr. Marty. And last week, um, we so part of our plan is to talk about um, the sermons. And so um, we are going to dissect the sermon that you gave so beautifully on Saturday. It's nice to be able to do armchair quarterbacking on your own message, as opposed <laughs> to just getting to hear other people do it. So don't armchair the sermon until you get to hear these notes first. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, but Marty, had, Marty was on our podcast last year. We didn't do uh, the whole video thing. We had, we were only audio last year. So um since he's back again for 2022, we wanted to first just like get to know you a little bit. And so um, that's our, that's the plan. So let me pull up um, my document that- Are you uh, hearing weird noise? Yeah, I don't. We are next to the bathrooms. <laughs> I do know that. We might want to insulate the bathroom as well. <laughs> yeah, we have some insulation to do, Brian. <laughs> um, so sorry for that noise. Um, maybe we can edit it out. I doubt it. Um, okay. <laughs> So um, anyway, we want to get to know Marty a little bit first. Okay, so um, tell us a little bit about you. I am Marty Schaefer. I um, did not grow up in the church. And I think that's important to acknowledge. Even though I became a believer very early in my life, I was eight years old, and I really didn't have any concept of God. And a man on the street corner introduced me to whether or not I believed that there was a God in heaven. I said, yes, I thought so. And then he said, do you believe that he loves you? I said, yeah, that makes sense to me. He said, do you believe that he loved you? He'd forgive you for anything you ever did wrong. And I said, absolutely. And then he said, why don't you, his name is Jesus. So why don't you ask him to, to forgive you and come live in you? And so I did that as an eight-year-old kid. I was afraid to tell my parents because yeah. they were so anti-church. So I just kept it to myself. Uh, but uh, in that, it was... Uh, the opportunity for me to really come to know God himself outside of what other people said about him. So I think that's how it worked out as actually a blessing for me yeah. is the way that I think is oftentimes very different than the traditional church setting approach. And had I grown up or grown through the church, I might not have been able to have this perspective. So that's kind of the background. I did go on. And when I felt the Lord call me to uh, ministry, I felt like he said, you need to go to seminary. So I didn't even think that meant go be a pastor. I just thought, well, he wants me to go to seminary. To so learn. Just to learn. Yeah. And so I went and I did a very three-year intense program mm -hmm. through the Southern Baptist where, you know, you study Greek. You have to study Hebrew. And uh, 
I really took it very seriously, loved studying the word. And through that, it, really, it just showed me how much uh, I do believe in the reality of who God is, the validity of his word. Yeah. And so that really did carve out a foundation. And yet I still got to uh, apply it in very creative, non-traditional ways. Yeah. You're, I've heard your testimony a couple of times, especially when you came to the Lord. And I, I think what is so powerful is that the Lord finds you. And no matter where you are, no matter the age, um, and I, I grew up in a traditional church setting, and um, from from birth, I don't know any different. So I like to hear about stories of people um, really kind of having a mind of their own beforehand, and then not not being a part of a family where you're you know just the way things are, and so it's almost like you're making a choice for yourself. Continuously, and then to go into seminary. I'm in seminary too right now, Good a job. slow track. Um, and I see how it, it really does um, make your faith come alive in different ways. So anyway. It's probably, it's, I think it's important subject. I think it's both and, you know what I mean? So the church setting can be very helpful because you get to see the relationships. You get to see the experiences of those who've gone on before. They're taking it serious. They're investing in you. So I didn't have that piece, but I also didn't have the baggage that sometimes yeah. comes with that, right? right? But the truth of what you said, and I, I hope we all lean into that truth, is God was seeking me out. And I hadn't really thought of that. I'm, so I'm just telling you right now, thank you for saying it. So it wasn't just that man who called that eight-year-old kid over across the street. It was God through his spirit in yeah. that man yeah. calling to his spirit, which was in me, to come over and listen and how incredible that he's just seeking us. And it's yeah. gonna, that's going to tie to our message at one point yeah. because he is seeking those who will be worshipers. Yeah. He says he's seeking it, so wow, just full circle. Yeah. We're down with the podcast. See you guys next week. <laughs> There's your nugget. Okay, um, so where do you currently serve? Okay, so I get to serve uh, here at Redeem. I'm uh, part of the preaching team. And this has been a lifelong dream of mine. I felt like, uh, you know, I was in the full-time ministry for almost 20 years where I carried the load. I usually taught uh, three different messages per week, you know, mm -hmm. multiple times wow. on Sundays. And so it, it was it was God's word and spirit through me that it was my perspective that carried it oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I'm the framework by which it's going to come yeah. through in the lens. Florida, right? I was in Washington, Florida, and California those three years. Wow. I mean, three different places. Three different places. But the, was your longest serving at the, at the church in Florida? No, my longest was in uh, Port Angeles, Washington. Oh. So that was 11 years there. Wow. Yeah. And then I uh, spent another few years in a little town, Montesano, here in Washington, too. Mm -hmm. But the others were in Florida and then in California, up in the hill country. So it was a pretty cool spot. Yeah. And, um, okay, so I've, I've known you being a part of the teaching team always, but a really big uh, ministry or serving that you did for us was to lead the transformation team. And so Redeem had some changes at the beginning of um, uh, 2021, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, you started a transition team, and it was about 15 people, yeah? I got to be on that, and that was uh, awesome. And I just I appreciated the way you led us and way, you know, it reminded me of a process to come together to just come to make decisions together and there has to be a process for that instead of just like we're going to do this together guys but i don't know it's just a um oh honoring people's thoughts and the journey that it takes you along the way not having a contrived contrived ideas of what we're going right. to do but coming together so that process is really great and 
and out of that um, came the decision for obviously Pastor Kurt to lead us and to have a uh, um, continuing the teaching team approach. Uh, the whole well, bit. Yeah. So I really do believe in collaboration. I think part of it's because I grew up in family, seven kids, and I'm in the middle. How can so, you not? <laughs> yeah, you, that's yeah. It's called survival. But you have yeah. those skills. You're learning them. I spoke of that in the message in, in terms of the uh, power of my mother being able to model relationships with us. Yeah. And so that collaboration is everything. And isn't it cool that he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Yeah. Isn't it cool that he's calling us to even work the garden with him from the very beginning? that he is doing ministry through us. It's not just to us. It's not despite us. Right. It really is collaboration. And that's the power of what I love about our, our uh, teaching team is that you're going to, sometimes you speak. So we have a, a female perspective. We have a young person's perspective, an older person's perspective. And, and I just think that it's so powerful. We have different people groups represented on our teaching team. Yeah. I've always wanted that. And going back to those days where I was the head speaker doing all this, it's like, I was exhausting myself almost. And so it's so much more fresh and alive when we get to hear voice, the voice of our community mm -hmm. or actually the voice of the Lord through our community. And how God weaves it together. Yeah. That's been a really, that's been such a blessing. Okay, so other than um, that's your call to ministry um, and serving, but what do you do for your pastorate? So I have the opportunity to work for one of the larger uh, change management and leadership companies in the United States called Franklin Covey. Okay. And my responsibility is I uh, work in the education division in creating great boards mm -hmm. and being able to uh, create leadership capacity in school districts and even all the way down to schools. Awesome. And students. Exciting. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's so, so fun to get to do that. I you know you travel a bit for that. Right. But when you're home, is it all, is it all working remotely? I love it. Yes, I work Click remotely from my house. <laughs> I'm able to, it's all, unless I'm traveling, I'm right there in the beautiful place that I get to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, just, not just a transition team, but I know you make an impact in our community. Um, you've also served on the, as a, on the board of. Um, the Cover Park School District yes, Board of Directors yes. for. 16 plus years yes. so i for me to you thank you for how you've mm -hmm. impacted our community and um been a blessing i know you're such a godly man and you love people and mm -hmm. um want the best for everybody in our community so just thank yeah. you for that and it, it bleeds into into reading Kurt, so um okay so <laughs> fun fact about marty and i uh, and many share this in our church body but we love to worship and express ourselves through yes. worship but probably not going to be called up to sing and lead worship. Kurt, thanks, Kurt, for mentioning that last week, um, that we're both. So if you take the word probably out, you're telling the truth, Kurt. We're not. We're not. So we're not going to be called out to lead worship. But if you see us in a typical Saturday service, um, we're, we're going to be fired up yeah. a little bit. Uh, I love that. So um, getting into um, the, really the, the object, uh, the purpose for these um, inter podcasts is to, to go into the sermon a little bit deeper. Yeah. You talked about worship and how it is relational. So it is relational to me. And the more I've looked at it, the more I understand the depth of that. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Uh, I'm going to say something quasi hard. So I'm asking people to listen hard. But you know, sometimes when we say things, it's new. So it, it bounces off. Or sometimes when we hear something, it's almost like our um, defense mechanisms come up. Yeah. Or we, we get either we're kind of like in denial or a defense, or even where we're being judgmental. And so it blocks our ability to hear something. 
So if yeah. you can just be patient with me, I may not say this exactly correct, but if you'll hear me to the best of my ability to express it, this is something that has changed my life in, in, a, in terms of relational worship. Yeah. So Jesus spoke to people, and he said, there's going to be a lot that can actually cast out demons, heal people in my name. There are going to be a lot of people who can give to the poor, and I'm going to say you never go away from me, I never knew you. That's huge. That, that To me, that, that offends me when I first hear it. It honestly does. And so then I have to lean into that because, Lord, I'm trying my best to give to the poor. I'm really trying to see people be healed. I really do want to you know, advance your kingdom. And so then I have to ask myself, why were some people doing that? And doing it effectively. They were even casting out demons, but they never knew him. That's sobering to me. Okay, So what that tells me is we can do mechanical spiritual things. But until you do it relationally right and connect it out of love, it doesn't mean anything to the Lord. So it's not the outcome he's looking for. It is whether or not we're truly connected to him. And so relational worship is the beginning of everything. And when we get that right individually in our private lives, like I shared in the message, then when we get together corporately or publicly to worship, Mm -hmm. that's when he takes it from personal private worship to war worship. That's good. And so we've, because we've got to love him, we've got to love other people. Otherwise, we're going to war, you know, and we're killing our own, or we're going after the wrong things. Mm-hmm. But if you're motivated by love and wanting to know him, then you're moving into worship in such a way that he's going to honor it, and we're going to give the right expression to worship. Mm-hmm. So relational worship is very significant to me, and uh, I try to spend time with a proper awareness of who he is and what my response is should be on a relationship before I start doing all this stuff. Yeah, I'm piecing this together because the first part, it's it's like the genuineness of the heart. And you can be doing things in the spiritual realm, but with not the heart of the spirit. So they're, they're saying that there can be results of that, but it's not partnering with the Lord. So it's this genuineness of heart in heart. My brother and I were told to do a lot of chores growing up. Okay. So we got we got the chores done, but when you're actually doing together like a team and you make it meaningful, it's completely different than getting the chore done. That's what I'm saying. And it, I good. mean, and you can move it to any kind of intimate setting that you want. But my wife tolerates me sometimes, and sometimes it's like, no, I'm not here just to be tolerated by you. Well, let's really connect. Let's go deep on this. Let's really make sure that we talk this through, not, okay, I've heard you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's very different when you when it's relational versus mechanical. Yeah, many so uh, many hands makes like work. So maybe in the in the in the aspect of worship, coming together to worship together brings power. So you talked a little bit about that, that when you're worshiping more and more of a personal setting, you're going to experience his presence, but there's something about corporate worship, collective worship that brings about his power. And that, and all you have to do is read the Bible. It, that's the way it works. Almost every time there was corporate, united worship, powers released. And yeah. so I've just finished a pretty, just also war, whatever. Yeah. But when you read the book of Revelation, it the whole book is John seen into heaven around the throne all the time, right? Yeah. And what's going on? It's war, it's war, it's war. It's the advancing of God's kingdom. And so that's collectively what's happening. Power's being released from heaven to earth. And, and you do it in the Old Testament. They came together and they were united. They were seeking God. And boom, uh, 
war was engaged, there's times when war is also engaged just through private worship too, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not only in public empowers release, but the main thing that yeah. takes place in private worship is that we really grow in our awareness of his presence. His voice. His voice. So yeah. he brings himself, what more would we want? Right. Because that's the answer to everything. And so if it's relational worship, well, this, is, this is where I really feel strongly. <laughs> But relational worship says, I want you, Lord God, more than anything else. Yeah. And I'm willing to demote. That's a friend of mine, John David, uh, uses that word, and I love that word. But I'm willing to put aside the things that I want, my own selfishness. I'm willing to put aside circumstances. I'm willing to put aside even the people that I love and care about because none of them are above you. Yeah. And when you get to that place, and so, so sometimes we have to push everything else away to get into that really relational connecting place with him yeah. and then all of a sudden he gets to just show up and be god instead of what we are asking him to do which minimizes him and it's really arrogance on our part to make one to be smaller to fit into our context yeah that's kind of sad i mean yeah. i don't think that's what he's looking for yeah two things are coming to mind so the first one um and then i'll go okay um the importance of carving out time to be with the lord and i know we've heard it in probably get up at 5 a.m. and do this. I know you do that. But um, whether what, whatever time it is, uh, I have seen such growth in my own personal life by putting God first and that time with him and seeing what he, he says during that time. If he says nothing, actually, I'm just there to worship him and give him my praise and my time, and he blesses so it. So actually, at, at the least, you're seeking him because he yes. seeks you? Not yeah. so bad, huh? Right. He is so faithful <laughs> to delete. To, to, to be God in that in that moment, blessing you, giving you words. Um, it's just been an incredible time. And I know with busy schedules, it's extremely hard, especially as a young mom, um, especially in the earlier years, I was like, this is really challenging. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. What's the value? The kids are going to come in and scream or cry, and I'm going to get messed up in my thoughts. But um, it, And that is a truth. That is a reality when you're a young mom. But as they're getting older, I'm, I'm finding um, it's, it's easier to do that. But okay, so the second thing that's so, coming up. Oh, so number yeah. one, it was worth it anyway. That's what I mean. Yes, to say. 100%. God saw it. <laughs> well, you know, and number two, this is hard for some of us to lean into, but if you are one who buys into relational worship, yeah. let's say that when you came together with him, yeah. that there is a connectedness that takes place that engages his presence in your life. Now you're being fueled with what you need to have patience for them when the kids are doing yes. this or screaming and yelling. Yes. So you're actually being refreshed, refueled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. So even though it doesn't make it less hard necessarily, yeah. you're now fueled for the task at hand because you met with the with Elohim, most high yeah. God. I mean, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, it's actually efficient. I, I agree. Um, you don't have time to do it at first. But yeah. then when you do it, he gives you strength for the rest of the things, gives you more energy than you would had have that if you didn't. Right. It's really cool. It is cool. <laughs> so it is efficient, and it's also um, touching the deepest part of our lives. And so what was fun was to even hear Kurt talk a little bit about when he's courting Meg. Yeah. Uh, and I could see that firsthand as the dad, right? But that they're having late night phone calls or they always made room and time for each other and it didn't ruin their day. It made their day. Yeah. And so that's what I hear yeah. you saying. Let's yeah. court God again. Let's make yeah. him the priority. He's, he's worth pursuing. Right? Yeah. So that was my thought on the personal relational worship with God. But the second one was, um, uh, the collective worship 
what I have found is, is how um, intercessory prayer comes out in that. So I have found that when I'm going into a time of worship, the Holy Spirit will put things on my heart and in my mind that actually are not about me. They're actually about other people. And sometimes I'm not quite sure why yeah. that particular thing is coming up. But I feel almost like I had not like a chore, but like, okay, I need to stop what I'm doing and intercede for this thing. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, I know you, maybe you get to tell, maybe you, you want to tell your story again and just about the power of the, the moving and grooving that you did yeah. and what that brought into the natural realm. But I, I have found and I have seen God so good to honor this is that when you're interceding for something or a person and you don't know why, he's really good about showing you, I saw that intercession and here's the fruit of the prayer. Here's my, yep. the way I, the way my power was released. Yeah, and he likes to show us almost after the fact because probably like we're doing secret warfare, right? Yeah. And so the enemy doesn't even know why we're doing that, right? It, right. It, it's because the enemy's seeing stuff because God, through his spirit, touched our spirit to do it. We do it out of obedience and love for the yeah. Lord. So we're giving expression to what we sense the spirit tells us to do. Yeah. And so what's happening with that is that it seems like God's using that in almost like, you know, behind the lines warfare. Yeah. It's so cool. But he won't tell you up front, hey, Liz, this is why I want you to do that. Right. He's just saying, do this. Just do it. And it, it, it is powerful. And so what I would suggest to you is that a human being is a physical human being, a soul being, a relational human being. That means that we have the ability to choose. That makes us a little bit different from animals. Yeah. I mean, we can choose with the volition at a much higher level. So we're thinking and then we're feeling and we're putting those together. And so it's not always just instinct of the five senses that the animals work out of. That's the physical realm. That's really the yeah. flesh. But when you're moving to really processing those, that's moving to the soul part where you're thinking, making a decision. But there's another part, and that's our spirit. And our spirit, that's where we're made from the very DNA of God. And in that place, spirit can speak to spirit. Yeah. And so what happens is God's, God's very comfortable beginning with his spirit. That's who he is. At the very beginning, the spirit was moving all the water. It formed everything. Mm -hmm. So he connects with us spirit to spirit if we'll allow him to. Mm -hmm. And what we often do is like, well, that's weird. That's awkward for us. So we want to start with the flesh and like to trust you and you're providing for me and you're doing all these physical things. Yeah. Then I'll let you talk to my head, my heart. Then I'll make a choice to say yes to you or not. Right. And then maybe I'll even do something spiritual, you know, that is a little bit deeper. Maybe I'll fast or do these other things. Friends, it's, it's really pretty cool to do it. Just the opposite. Mm. To allow his spirit to touch you and you just respond with it. Your innermost being, of, however yes. it is, just saying yes to God. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think that's the way it's really wired. It's supposed to work that way. And if you think about it in heaven, it's well, going. I'm to just going to gonna say that's that's where we're going. Yeah. that's what's happening. We're <laughs> leaving well this behind. To it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. Did you do you in case? Okay, so if you haven't seen um, the sermon last week, it's posted online. Um, and then you shared again on Saturday the live uh, sermon. I mm -hmm. honestly love this this story um do you want to tell it again sure yeah um basically what happens is i have a, a native american friend uh doug yates who is a powerful leader in the native community for christ he's just an amazing human yeah. being he's been through a lot in his life i've known him for 20 years we've done some things together and um he invited me up uh, with uh, another gentleman named Richard Twist. They had the Emerge Conference in Alaska for the Native American Christians. So I went up there, and I got to be a part of it and at it. 
in one of the sessions, the natives just started dancing. So I'm in a big room with all these folks. And all, all of a sudden, when you, you could feel the room moving. And I'm yeah. going, what's going on? Well, they were starting slow with their feet. They were just kind of doing mm -hmm. this little movement. And then all of a sudden, they it started getting louder. And I could hear the cadence of it. It was beautiful. Yeah. And so they were, they were dancing. And, uh, you know, really, I'm not accustomed to that. That just wasn't what I would normally have seen in a worship service. But and it was yeah. so beautiful that I actually felt and knew it was sacred. My spirit said, this is a sacred moment. You could hear yeah. God just going, I love that. Yeah. I just feel it. And then yeah. they started kind of using their arms. And it was so cool. Well, I didn't join in because I felt like I didn't, I, you know, I can't sing. I can't dance. I'm not screwing this up, right? Right. But I was just watching. Well, anyway. Fast forward, you know, that was 20, 15 years ago. I can't remember. But anyway, um, the other day, last week, um, I get a text and from Doug Yates. I hadn't talked to him in several months. I thought, yeah. oh, you know, that's interesting. At the same time, an African-American woman who is a worship leader said, I want to send you a video of a, a worship service I did, so mm -hmm. uh, a song. And so I got that and I'm listening to it. And wow, I mean, it was good. So yeah. I did it through our little Bose system in the home, you know, and I turned it up. I was the only one at the house because I get to work home alone yeah. and I have all, you know, hardwood floors. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. It's just so good. And <laughs> Doing I'm, that canoe right oh, Yeah, I'm starting to get into it. I thought, how do I really dance to do this song justice that I was listening to? And it took me, my mind, my spirit took me back to that moment 10 years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. Of watching those natives dance yeah. so i started kind of doing the hunt started and then i just started thinking well i need to do something with my arms so i remember they had done the thing where they were canoeing and so i started doing a row with my mm -hmm. stuff so anyway uh the next day i call my friend doug yates because he texted me i thought you know i'm going to connect with him yeah and he tells me that for a couple of years he's been working on a canoe ministry and that he said yesterday everything was about to go south go wrong yeah but it we had a breakthrough, it landed, everything's good. And today we're up and running. We got the community ministry moving forward. Yeah. Man, and I thought, Doug, did you know that yesterday when it was hard and difficult or maybe going south for you, the yeah. Lord put on my heart your dance yes. and had yeah. me doing that same dance. Yeah. And so in my spirit, I literally gave expression yeah. to a spiritual understanding because in the heavenlies, God was fighting for Doug Yates and the community ministry. Oh, so and good. I got to do something. Yeah, it's so good. Wouldn't it be cool if we knew every time we danced unto the Lord, something, someone was being healed, something was happening, something was moving. I mean, we'd be dancing a whole lot more. <laughs> well, and the beauty of it is, is we have to listen to that spirit. Yeah. And so yeah. I got caught doing something right. Right. Because I could sense in my spirit, yeah. do this. Yeah. And so instead of using my flesh that says, you know, I don't have time for this, right. and, you know, the physical realm focus, or if I didn't use my head, my heart, I don't feel like it. I don't think I can do it well. I didn't do those things. I went straight from spirit to spirit. Yes. And, and busted out my dance moves. Yeah. And they may have looked awful on planet Earth. But not to the Lord. But the Lord, I think it, was just a few and our kids. voices sound amazing to the lord too i do know that the lord tells me that in my heart all the time you just keep singing yeah. <laughs> you sound good to me girl <laughs> marcy calls me mine more like screeching but i'm glad you just keep singing <laughs> yeah okay anything else you want to say about uh worship is relational next week we're going to be talking about worship is transformational yeah i and i think it's so significant for, i can't wait to hear it because yeah. i think kurt's going to be able to encourage us to worship because the world's telling us not the world's telling us to worship the wrong thing yeah Our, 
and and I don't I don't need to try to get more stuff of the world because the world doesn't have the answers to my problems anyway. Right. He's going to encourage us to be able to really worship in spirit and truth, and it's going to I think it's going to be awesome. And yeah. when we do. And we give expression mm -hmm. to the Lord. I think it changes us. It transforms, yeah, transforms us, us from our perspectives, even our bodies. And friends, um, you know, you know what I'm saying now is going to give a, a tough picture for many of us to see. But um, sometimes the negative helps. If you mm. if you go back and you look at the Nazis, uh, they had gestures. To try to put things in motion so even and i'm not going to do this line because it's yeah. so offensive to me but even the high hitler concept right. where they're busting their hands they're breaking through the plane they're raising their arms in victory it's a sick demonstration of we're better than everybody we're the supremes right right and so but they gave physical expression to what they believed in that they wanted to be true and so they knew that there was transforming power in giving expression to what you believe in can't you just wait till we do it right, right, where we do it for the kingdom, where we do it for the Lord, where we're giving expression in our physical bodies that actually helps transform the way we think and feel and move in the spirit. Yeah. I'm excited for that because I think there will be times when the Lord will call us to move and give expression. And in that, when his presence shows up, he's going to do a deeper work than we ever thought. And it might result in breaking chains. It might result in setting people free from illness or habits, it would be awesome. Yeah, and Kurt is going to talk a little bit about that and how one of those postures is face down on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, humility. bowing down, humility. Um, okay, so um, part of our, this is only episode two, so it's not like this segment has just been off and running forever, but we have an idea for a segment um, to do each podcast. It's called the wisdom um, segment. All right. And so um, what do you think about that idea? By the I way? love it. Well, um, I think that is it wise. <laughs> well, I think that Sorry. the information is helpful. The owning, the leaning in, is life changing. Yeah. And so yeah. we've got the proverbs; they've been there. We've got the book of Ecclesiastes; it's been there. Mm -hmm. uh, we can read it or not, but mm -hmm. if we do read it, we can hear it or not. Mm -hmm. But when we move out in it, when we force ourselves to actually walk in that, mm -hmm. that's that's the real deal. That's the transformative. Yeah. yeah. What is your favorite wisdom book? My favorite wisdom book, and I and I want to be careful, but it's the Song of Solomon. I'm sorry, because I it's very unique. I like poetry. My wife does not like poetry. My wife yeah. is a left brain, you know, one, two, three, uh, more linear person, but I'm I'm probably more holistic and and relational. Mm -hmm. But I love the Song of Solomon because it's all about that relationship, and that relationship frames everything. So I yeah. have to think that way yeah. first before I go uh, one, two, three. So that's, it is my favorite book. I hate to talk about a book where I can't remember the title, <laughs> but I read a book, a commentary really on the Song of Solomon and how um, if you look at it from the uh, perspective that it's um, not between a man and a woman, but between God and man, um, it's really, it's really beautiful. It's, um, it's, all, about, thing one more time. it's all about pursuing, yeah. being pursued and putting down our defenses and opening ourselves up to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. telling the truth of what we feel and we think and so when we open ourselves up that's when wisdom takes root that's what i call it yeah um okay so the verses that we have today um are going to come out of the book of ecclesiastes and i thought you would be perfect to give an overview of ecclesiastes on the spot yeah. i know you can <laughs> do it <laughs> and the truth is is i didn't know i was going to be told or asked you really did. so awesome but 
Ecclesiastes, of course, is uh, written by Solomon for the main part as the author, and there may be some additions and other insights given. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see that in there because it's alluded. But I think we have to look at Solomon and recognize what a difficult assignment he had. How would you like to follow David? So when it's said of David, here's a man after my own heart. Mm -hmm. Here's a man who pursues, you know, pursues me all the time and I'm yeah. pursuing him. That's a, that's a hard person. You know, a lot of times as kids, we sit there and we want to go further than our parents and that's understandable. Yeah. But Solomon really had a tough call in his life in terms of loving the Lord more than his dad did, right? If love is the most important thing and you've got the ace of all times, the lover of God right there. What yeah. an amazing difficulty. And I think what's cool about Solomon, he didn't try to out-demonstrate you know, his love for God. He, he was reflective, so he went deep inside. He wasn't demonstrating so much. I mean, David's the guy who danced in the street in his yeah. underwear, right? right. So that, right. <laughs> that makes you and I look great. Yeah. So he literally did that. I mean, David was, hey, let's go give demonstration to it. Yeah. Solomon is, let's think about it. Let's really, let's think about it from every perspective that we can and invite more of it. So, yeah. of course, in the long run, that got him in trouble because he was, he became interested in other gods and other concepts. And yeah. that, in some ways, uh, distorted his understanding of being able to follow him. But in the middle of all that pursuing, he gives out some amazing insight about how it is you stay true to the portion of seeking. And mm -hmm. if you don't live what you've learned, then you don't get to go on. That's what I like about Psalms is here's this dream, here's this dream, here's this dream. Yeah. And you're either going to own it or you get to stay there till you do. That's yeah, my that's thought. That's good. Um, I like, I've read the book of Ecclesiastes several times in one sitting. It's really like, it keeps me on my toes. I'm just like, wow, that's sobering. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But that's the meaning of life. And a, tri and a triple that, braided cord is hard to break. That's my favorite one mm -hmm. in it because, again, it comes back to what the relationship. Yeah, good. Okay, so our verses are um, chapter five, verses one through, th one through three. And this is out of the ESV. Uh, the title of the section is called Fear God. Um, it says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. Um, I originally was drawn to this just because of um, the focus on words and this book obviously comes after Proverbs and it talks so much about the power of the tongue and the mouth brings life, death, blesses others, it causes division, hurt, harm, um, and the importance of really being a man of few words, a woman of few words to, to meditate. I felt to... like you looked at me when you said that. <laughs> and me too. My words have gotten me in trouble sometimes before too, but man, when I'm quiet, I see the benefit of it. Um, <laughs> but really this verse is actually about worship, which um, I I always check on commentaries too. And um, it's like when you go into the house of God, um, a fool's approach is to go in with many words. And um, uh, the posture of a person with a heart set on God, you're actually going humbly and with few words and to listen. And that's what's so beautiful about this. Absolutely. Even the, I mean, you and I both know because we're married, we have kids and all the cool stuff. Yeah. But one of the most important gifts giving communication is really listening and listening mm. to listen mm -hmm. you know not uh, listening because it's your time to listen and then mm -hmm. waiting for your turn to talk yeah but listening because you care yeah and that you see value in the other person 
I mean, it's such a significant gift to give uh, to people, whether it's your child. And you know what? What's amazing is we sit there and we listen to these little guys or girls, these kids, and we're really listening because we care about them. All of a sudden, we go, wow, they just taught us a life lesson that we missed. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And, and so they reveal all about themselves. Yeah. Um, because God's going to always talk, too. So I know you were just talking about kiddos, but listening in the house of God or listening in relationship with God is he's he's so faithful just to just pretty much keep on talking, especially through his word. Yeah. Um, I, I think I mentioned last week that I got the word leadership for this year. I felt like I was listening to the Lord and that's what he said. And so I looked in the back of the Bible at the word leadership and what, what are the verses. And many of them are about listening, that a leader listens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stop. I just remembered. Oh my gosh. That's your, go. that's your, um... that was my mantra for the, you know, the all 16 years that I was on the board and really was closer to 18. Uh, my mantra was leadership that listens. Yeah. And so what's powerful about that is when you really listen, what you hear is you hear also what's not being said. Mm -hmm. And so a good listener knows how to invite in other voices that may not be able to. Yeah. And I honestly think I, that's what I did best. But what's yeah. interesting is that that group who's often the loudest, yeah. the most demanding, yeah. they're saying, you're not listening to me. Well, yeah, no, we heard you, but you're not the only one on the planet. Right? Yeah. We get yeah. to, there's a bigger family here, a bigger community at stake. Yeah. And so when we listen, I believe it really is the beginning of all wisdom. It's the yes. beginning of worship too. And so let me suggest that one of the ways that the listening works in worship is that if you go in with a heart that only uh, at the core of your innermost being is saying, I long for you. Mm -hmm. So I long for your presence. I long for what you have to say. And I love the old Mercy Me song I wrote about, even if you don't speak to me, I'm glad I'm happy just to hear you breathing, right? Yeah. yeah. And so there is that sense of, I just want to be right with you. I want to be next to you. I want to be with you. And in the listening where I think we as sometimes in our culture go wrong is that then we think that the relationship has to do with moving the person. God doesn't have to be moved, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that we really don't have anything that we have to do to jumpstart God. So right. that's so listening should be easy. It's not like we have to sit there and think, what am I going to say that's going to make God love me or listen to me? Yeah, He's already willing to listen and to speak to us. Yeah. And so coming in from that is good. And then number two, when I come in and I'm listening like that, before I speak, I keep myself from trying to convince him of anything. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. conversations with God are not convincing. They're listening, leaning, learning. Mm -hmm. And so I receive, and so I often go wrong when I'm thinking, and I've heard people say this, when I go to, when I die and see God in heaven, I'm going to have some conversations with him. I'm thinking, ooh, I'm not saying that. You know what, because right. uh, I'm pretty sure that whatever I have to say is going to be pretty stupid compared to what was really going on, right? Yeah. And it was probably self-centered and self-motivating. So I really do want to listen, and I don't want to convince him anything, not only because he doesn't deserve that, because he doesn't. Mm -hmm. He doesn't deserve us telling him what he needs to do or how he could have done it better or yeah. why he didn't you. But it creates a perspective shift for me. When I go in there, I think I'm going to convince you of this. I'm not really open to what he has to say. And so I'm telling him, I'll give you the right to do things or say things, but they have to come through my lens. Yeah, That's not really listening. That's setting up parameters and making them smaller than they actually are. So I love to go in and say, okay, God, you be God, and I'm not. Yeah. And I'm just, I want to start there. Yeah. And 
in that list and he will he will lead you to actually speak some words he will lead you to repentance he will lead you to intercede um but the approach is to go in and with the listening listening mindset listening heart spirit um anyway i think we could probably talk yeah. forever on this wisdom stuff yeah, it, people it, i, I want to encourage you because when you yeah. do listen usually what you're going to hear and i encourage you to go and look in the scripture and find this out for yourself but usually what you hear is you get to hear what jesus heard this is my son in whom i'm well pleased mm. he starts like that and so liz if you can wow. do it when we talk about god's outstretched arms we often think okay he's he's you know going his right outstretched arms going to bring the hammer down i'm telling your friends right now i really want you to hear this that he used to spoke to speak to moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend, friend. All right. So that outstretched arm, he's often putting it around our shoulders, yeah. walking with us like a brother or a father 100%. or a husband. He's walking with us in relationship. Yeah. And yeah. so we're sitting there all tensed up and we're ruining the moment because we I'm gonna have to repent. Who's who's gonna come to God all repented out? Who's gonna come to God clean enough to be able to hear from him? None right. of us. And right. so we get to go to him and he's gonna say, Let me love on you. Yeah, you can do but, it. Yeah, yeah, and then I'll tell you the things you that you need to work on because I want to work on these with you. Yeah. It's a whole different perspective. And it really begins with listening and believing that he has mm -hmm. something to say that uh, we don't have to convince him of, or we don't have to defend ourselves about. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Marnie for this. Yeah. Um, we're going to be having you back obviously several times this year, if you're up for diving yeah. into more of the sermons that you give. And um, so, okay. So next week, um, tune We're in. going to practice dance moves yeah. live on this podcast and singing. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Is John Travolta coming? Uh, no. Okay, no, just we won't have John Travolta. But let's see. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so Kurt, Pastor Kurt, will be back next week, which we're excited about. Um, we're probably going to be talking with him about uh, relation or worship is transformational. Um, but if you haven't checked out our latest drop five or actually our first drop five we had brendan saltvik give a five minute teaching it's one of our new segments that we're doing to bring content to you guys and then next week super excited we're having jason emmanuel oh cool right? yes yeah. um he is our piano man that's what i call him um no he's one of our worship leaders and he does piano for us every week and he's been serving in ministry his entire life he's married to dana obviously emmanuel um and so they're just an amazing and son plays drums yes cool. yes um very gifted family and um so Jason will be talking about worship here next week on the Drop 5. So we've got some cool stuff for you. Of course, come to Saturday night service at 6 p.m. Uh, Olympic View Baptist Church if you can. And also signups are available online for our February 12th event. Um, that's the time we're going to come together um, and just learn about the different ways that we connect with God. It's called Hearts After God. And we're going to be going um, through the pretty quickly. It's actually a pretty quick study, the um, Gary Thomas study called Sacred Pathways. So we've got some cool things coming up. Awesome. Thank you, Liz. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, guys. Have a great week. Much love.